things accumulate and they stay around, some of them forever it seems, but people have due dates. And it's important to spend time, the time that you have during your life, which is not guaranteed, to hope that there is a tomorrow, but to love like there isn't. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to the Wollistic Doses podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Kane. If this is your first time tuning in, we have curated content provided by health and wellness providers that are a part of the Wollistic community. For more information, check out www.wollistic.com. I appreciate you tuning in. And before we get started, I just want to set the expectation regarding audio quality that there were some issues. However, the content of this episode is so beneficial, we decided to publish it. I hope you enjoy. Clinical bodywork is her calling. She seeks to encourage people who have been burdened with chronic pain, illness, and mobility issues that feel there is no hope. A 2013 graduate from the Body Therapy Institute with perfect attendance and honors, holding certifications in advanced neural reset therapy, advanced medical massage, clinical oncology massage therapy, motor point stimulation therapy, advanced clinical reasoning, analysis, and postural reading. When she is not expanding her knowledge in the field, she loves to draw, make floral arrangements, and enjoys being outside with nature. I'd like to welcome to the show, Victoria Hackworth. I'm really glad to be here on the show. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you carving out the time to be here with us today. And I was inspired uh, by a social media post that I had came across to sit down with you for a special holiday-inspired episode of Holistic Doses that will be focused around gratitude. I will be touching base on that later on. But for now, I was wondering if you could speak about your craft, um, explain that to our listeners. Uh, what exactly is clinical massage therapy? Well, clinical massage therapy, or as I call it, clinical body work, is applying therapeutic touch through a thorough medical understanding with intention of integrating the whole system to support and resolve the root cause of the concerns such as pains, range of motion, hindrances, or lack of sleep, and et cetera, like that. So I work to relieve the reason for pain rather than what is felt. So somebody will typically have um, so, some sort of a, an ailment that they're dealing with and you'll deal with really the underlying cause of what's making that person feel a certain kind of way? Yes, within my scope of practice. Gotcha. And, and so you've studied uh, advanced neural reset therapy, motor point uh, stimulation therapy, and could you touch base on some of the uh, specialties that you are experienced with? So... Neural reset therapy is quite a fascinating thing. There's a lot of science in it, which I really like that. Neural reset therapy is all about resetting the muscle back to its resting length before it had discomfort or lessening the discomfort quite a bit. And that's a very useful technique when the fascia is open and it's able to move. If the fascia isn't able to move, I like to use fascial reconnection, which is a slow sliding and gliding type of treatment that really enables the engagement of the fascial system so that it can open so that people can have this amazing, sometimes right then, but other times it takes time. So if we don't just 
feel pain suddenly, it's because of an accumulative effect. So the fascia then opens up and people can feel so much more range of motion and actually help with breathing, which makes sense because if there's also compression or tightness, breathing can be a hard thing. And when you mention uh, fascia, just for our listeners, they may not be aware of what that is. Fascia is a amazing connective tissue. It's a white sort of as a, eh, the texture of it that I can think of is like a, that of a spider web. So it's able to ebb and flow and move. And it's something that encases our entire body, with the inside of our skin, our organs, our muscles, our bones, everything. So if you were to give an example of what fascia would be, would you say, um, this is an odd example, but uh, with a hot dog or with some kind of processed meat, it would be the lining that holds that in? Yes. In a weird way of saying, yes, that would be it. So um, how does your background uh, differ from a general massage therapist? My practice differs from that of others. From day one, when I dedicated my life to this field, I really delved deep into advanced seminars and tuition to understand the body as a whole, to be able to touch the body with understanding and compassion of its complexities is to stir the depths within it and to release tides of uncharted waters. In time, that can aid clients with emotional and mental and psychological pains, not to mention the relief of the physical, and simply for them to be them. I suppose what differs is that extensive education to truly understand every part that I can so that the treatment can be fully customizable to each person. That doesn't mean that it's the same for every person, because everyone's different, but so that they can have hope that they can feel their best again. And with your craft and you mentioning um, the mental aspect, is that something you also deal with as well? I, I think so. The mind is an amazing network. It's just how, okay, let's take it from this. It's technically in the emotional standpoint. If someone holds on to an emotion for a long time, eventually it lives in the body somewhere. It's sort of like people say, my shoulders really hurt because I'm stressed a lot. That's where I carry my stress. Similarly, that can be and is a mental aspect. What you think is what you become. So what you think of your body is what your body becomes. So part of what I do is work with the muscles and work with that aspect. But if I don't also help people to reprogram or to understand the mental aspect, they probably won't get as much benefit or treatment because they won't, their minds won't allow themselves to feel it. Yeah, it really does. Um, you know, the mind obviously controlling the body in the body being a feedback system. I'm sure that works into play someplace. You've talked about the journey you've taken in to be able to help people with learning so much about uh, massage therapy, as well as like I had mentioned previously, the motor point stimulation therapy 
What inspired you to take the journey that you have? Well, that all started with my mom's knees. My mom was, she wasn't in an accident or anything like that, but she had some pain, some really extensive pain. And we didn't really know why. She went to doctors and the doctors claimed that it was, they didn't know what it was. Uh, it was incurable except for long-term medication or surgery. For holistic people, we don't really, we try to do other things than those. And so a very sweet friend of ours, a trusted medical doctor, he recommended massage therapy. At the time, massage therapy, we knew that as fluff massage or Swedish, the light stuff, the things that only add circulation to the skin. But my mom was in a lot of pain. And I could see it in her eyes, that twinkle that was her, everything that she loved to do. It started to go dim because she was realizing she couldn't be herself anymore because she couldn't walk, she couldn't move, she couldn't sleep very well. It was just, that was hard. So we took her to the recommended body worker. I had to take my mom by her shoulder or by her arm and help her in. Couldn't walk very well. Got her in on the table, got everything ready. I waited out in the lobby. And after the treatment, my mom was able to walk herself to the car. And she got off all of her medications for pain. So after being able to see that happen, that my mom was able to get that light back, she was still able to be herself. That her pain wasn't in control of her life, but that she was. It was amazing. And I was only thinking to myself, I had no idea about this before this happened. How many other people are like that too? And all they have to do is surgery and long-term medication. That really takes over people's lives. That this is something that is affordable, that you don't have to use insurance for this. And it's an alternative care, something that people can enjoy life through because getting a massage is very nice, but also it keeps everything moving. So that's where I decided that this is what I wanted to dedicate my life to. I appreciate you sharing that personal experience with us. You know, we've spoke many times and I've always been curious, you know, where that genuine appreciation for being able to help uh, clients has come from. And I certainly can understand that now, what you have gone through with your mother and being able to offer relief to individuals, seeing it firsthand work. So I'd like to break away for a brief moment from my conversation with Victoria to introduce the sponsor of this podcast, Fitness for Life. 
Fitness for Life is a private fitness studio designed for working professionals who want a great workout experience without the uncomfortable feelings and hassles of a commercial gym. Fitness for Life has been around since 2009, and members enjoy the fact that workouts are tailored to the individual because every member receives personal attention. All workouts and personal training services are designed by qualified instructors. Show up ready to sweat, and they take care of the rest. Fitness for Life is located at 6701 Glenwood Ave, Raleigh, North Carolina. You brought up an interesting point with uh, medication, and there's obviously a big problem with over-prescribing of pain medication in this country. What would you say to listeners out there that are currently dealing with pain? My advice with that, with taking medication for a long period of time, whether it is something that is recommended or that is needed for the particular situation, medication treats the surface, at least that's how I think of it. Most medication goes toward a side, not a side effect, a um, symptom, but rarely does it ever help the cause. If it helped the cause, then you wouldn't be taking medication all the time because it would be complete. For those that are taking medication, I would urge them to find something as a naturopathic doctor or Someone that thinks in the whole aspect, thinks in a little bit of medical, thinks in nutritional, maybe it's part of diet, maybe it's a part of how much exercise or lack thereof in their life that they need. Because I found that it's never just one piece. It's typically a whole bunch of things and they accumulate. So many things tie in together. There's so many things that affect this. I can understand how it wouldn't just be one problem, one fix, that it would be multiple issues and maybe needing to work through layers of those issues to get to uh, what the root cause was to bring on the piling up, if you will, of problems. So the reason that I had been inspired um, to sit down with you here is I was actually scrolling through social media And I had saw an interesting post um, from you, and it was an excerpt from The Velveteen Rabbit. So for our listeners, let me go ahead and read that for them so they're up to speed. You become, it takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in your joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. Can you explain to our listeners what that means to you? This is my favorite thing to read. I guess you could say that I read it on a regular basis simply because it just, each time I read it, I understand something about myself differently. Because as time passes, I change. I'm never the same. Because of life circumstances or what I choose. And I love that each time I read it, it's something different. And so as I was thinking and I decided that I'd reread it, I found that to be my authentic self, I have to be bold. Because I'm me i'm not like any other person and i may be different from others 
However, I can't let that be my bar of success. Competing with other people is quite silly because my goal is to be better than myself than I was yesterday. Life has meaning and meaning takes a long time to understand. It takes hard work. It takes dedication. And day by day as life and challenges pass, it's like sand on the rocks of a river ever smoothing their surface. If I'm to be 100% me, each day for the people that I love to work with and that I love to meet, it is fine if some of them don't want to take time to understand what I do or how I do. Because there are others that are looking for someone who is authentically real. And that's more than good enough. The profound level of logic and emotion that you have is, is truly remarkable. And uh, it's rare to have someone with such a level balance of being logical and emotional. Typically, one will override the other. What do you think has allowed you to balance both of those? I'm going to tell you a story, because that's the best way that I can think about answering this. And I'm going to do so to the best of my ability without getting too emotional about it. So, what's really helped me with balancing these two things of being emotional, but like being compassionate toward other people, but to also be logical is I've always loved to honor people because of their time they spent with me, which means, which has made me who I am today. Recently, I've had to take these two pieces and put them together to sustain pretty much everything. My father passed away last year and it's been Difficult, to say the least. My dad was a very compassionate and amazing man. Always caring about other people, slow to speak and quick to listen because he loved to hear about what other people loved to do. He would rarely ever say anything about himself. That is because he had this saying and he lived by this saying. He would always say, Love people and use things. In the world and time that we live in right now, people often use people to get things. But as I've learned since my father's passing, things accumulate and they stay around. Some of them forever, it seems. But people have due dates. And it's important to spend time, the time that you have during your life, which is not that there is a tomorrow, but to love like there isn't. So that there is no regretting your today. So through work and realizing the future is good, that's a balance. Not live in the moment. It's not sustainable. You have to do both. Otherwise, you'll regret. There'll be so much regret 
later, there wasn't time spent with the ones that were here at one time. That's how I've come to balance that logic to truly be present for each person that I'm with because I'm giving them part of my life that I'll never get back. And they're giving me part of their life that they'll never get back. And that is more valuable than any amount of money that can be given. That's insightful to tie this in with the holidays that we're coming up on. Um, let me preface this question by saying in this point in time, since you alluded to the idea that we are always changing, whether it's something we're learning or experiences that we're going through. So in this moment with your authentic self, you know, how does that translate into gratitude and the idea that it's the holidays and we all, I believe, have something to be grateful for? For me... If I'm able to be me, that means that I trust me to be me. And trust is a big part of what makes each of us, each of us. And without that, a self cannot be. So to be able to be true to me means that I can also be true to others, which means that I would want to be because they deserve it is I respect them for it. Even if someone I've never met before, I respect them to a certain degree. And I want to make sure that they know how much they're valued. I want to, I do this regularly, not just around the holidays. I'm grateful all the time. Because I felt that if I wasn't grateful all the time, that I'd be wasting part of my life. And there's no fun in that. Regrets are not fun. And when you say that you're grateful all the time or you practice that uh, i'm not sure if would, would you say you practice being grateful or is it something that is natural for you at one time it was something that i practiced and now it's become a habit and i just do so regularly and so really it isn't just a period of the year but it is the idea that you were practicing something and it became a habit after a point in time. And what kinds of things would you practice being grateful for? How would you go about um, practicing gratitude? Something that I think about and that I do regularly. When I wake up in the morning, I think about my top five people that I'm grateful for. Either they've done something for me or they're just really good friends or I really liked how they responded to a certain action that I was just impressed by them and I think about them and I wonder what are those things that I really appreciate about them and if they're available I pick two out of the five people or if I'm feeling really good that day, I do all five. <laughs> so, but that's what happens most days. <laughs> I just I call them up or I send them a message about exactly what I was thinking about what I appreciate about them. Because everyone, uh, I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for me. So for me, if someone was to send me something really kind, something completely out of the blue about what they like about me, that would make my day. 
that would be, it would probably just move me to tears some days because I'm not expecting it. And another way to really bring gratitude forward is to think of three ways that I can show gratefulness to another person. So that be waking up in the morning. Uh, I want to make breakfast for my husband. So he knows that obviously I'm, I care about him eating well in the morning, that he doesn't have to do that. He can go on and check his emails or whatever he needs to do that day. Or I can go ahead and make coffee for mom. That's a regular thing. We make like coffee every day. She, like It's like clockwork. So I can do it sometimes. And then that'll benefit her. And that's a way that being grateful, that's to be grateful. That's not the right word for me. I am grateful to people, but the action that I take toward them, I want to honor them. Because the time that they took in my life, it made such, it made me who I am today. And I'll try to be my best 100% every day. And as we wind down this episode of Holistic Doses, what's something that you have recently learned and how did you learn about it? Recently, I picked up a book and I've been learning about color and how it enhances people's environments. So my goal here with this book, to dress myself in a way that makes people happy, like an enjoy type of sense, like color red. It expresses boldness, dedication, eagerness, and compassion. And black represents sophistication and what were the other things for that? I will go with sophistication. And so if I'm able to impact my environment with people with what I wear or with what I bring with me to a treatment, won't that make the treatment even better? You would think so. And the idea that you would be able to assess and take the steps toward learning that sort of detail, I think shows your true caring of the people that you work with. They are very important to me. I treat them like my own family. For my final question here, how do you deal with stress? Well, I was thinking about that, but baking chicken is very good for stress. Because first you have to tenderize the chicken with that steel mallet, which is so much fun. You got to make sure you put some clear wrap down, otherwise it spatters everywhere and then it's a mess all to its own. But all joking aside, even though you should try that, it's real fun. Um, <laughs> Might have to give that a shot. <laughs> uh, what do I do for stress? I find myself really attracted to relaxing music, that of which I would use during my treatments with my clients, and to just sit there and meditate on what I'm grateful for. Because if I'm grateful, then stress can't be there because I'm just too happy. 
and also take time to remember or to learn something new by reading or to get to draw a picture, which is an extension of myself. Victoria, thank you for being here with me today and sharing such personal information. For more information about Victoria and to contact her, please go to Wallistic.com. Remember to subscribe and share. This is your host, Eddie Kane. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wallistic Doses.